Welcome back, Sweet Seeds, to Wednesday Women Wisdoms on the Motivation Podcast. I want to extend my gratitude toward all of you, my dear friends, fans, patrons, and listeners. You are so cared for and so deeply appreciated. If you like this podcast, please download, subscribe, and share. You can visit motivation.com for more links and to donate to the expansion of this podcast, as 25% of your donation goes to help animals in need. Who doesn't love animals? Before we get started, take a moment to learn how I started this podcast. Hi, Sweet Seeds. Thanks so much for taking a moment to listen to how I started this podcast because it's been so much fun. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I highly recommend you check out Anchor. It's free. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. This means all your friends get to support you. Anchor really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So if you're ready, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now back to the episode. Hi, thanks so much for joining me, Billy Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited for you to be here too. This is not something I ever really thought I'd get to discuss and have conversations about, but it's so important and it's so relevant to the times. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that you do? So I'm a life coach for stepmoms and blended family relationships are my jam. I feel like this is something, like you said, a lot of people are not talking about even though we know that the divorce rate is like something of like 50%, right? 50% of first marriages Mm. um, get divorced and the divorce rate for second marriages and marriages after that is like even higher, but no one's really talking about how do we fix this? Or what does a blended family look like? I'm like, we're just used to the Brady bunch and that's just not reality. Trust me. That's definitely not not reality. Even, (laughs) even in my family, my, my parents have been married for I don't even know how many years, decades. And um, there were times when I was a child, I was like, oh, they might get a divorce. And then later on, you know, everyone that goes through that moment of like, this is hard. And sometimes you get over it and sometimes it's just not meant to be, but it's like, we have to be able to prepare and um, strategize in both situations. So whether you can work it out or you can't and don't want to, you have to be able to navigate emotionally and internally, like how that looks. So like, what is, what is that kind of like for people to go through, not only go through that experience, but of divorce, but like the emotional stuff, not so much like, oh my gosh, it's a headache. We have to do all this paperwork, of course, but emotionally, yeah. like I, I want to, I want to get a, a picture for that. Yeah. Gravity. So the crazy part is, is even in like, I'll, I can only speak to my experience. Right. So for me and my experience, even though I knew that the marriage wasn't going to work, and I wanted the divorce, it's still the ending of your life. Like your life as you knew it is over. Mm-hmm. So it's like you mourn the loss of the future you thought you were going to have, right? We all have this idea of we're going to have the 2.5 kids in the freaking picket fence in the house. And then suddenly that's gone. And even if it's your decision, to end it, it's still a mourning of the loss of the life you thought you were going to have is the best way I can put it. Yeah, I can resonate with that. But, you know, obviously in a much more like simple sense, because that alongside the headache of going through the whole transition legally and with children and with a home, 
compared to just the emotions of like, it's a breakup, like a breakup can be pretty simple. So that's, that adds that gravity, but it's like, it's interesting to know that the feeling really remains. It's always just a, it's just a loss, whether it's your choice or not. We do really feel that loss when we separate and that is a really interesting thing to have to move through, especially with children. Um, So especially when you're now combining worlds, as you said, I love that in your Facebook page, you mentioned in your bio that you said some, the tension that happens when two worlds combine. And I just, it's interesting. I just had a conversation about something that I heard and it was like, oh, was it a, was it like a click when you two guys, when you guys met? And they're like, well, no, it wasn't a click. Well, it was a click like if you take two cars and you crash them head on. So I'm imagining that it's like, okay, so you've gone through this initial and the relationship happened and the children happened and the marriage happens and all that comes together. And then all of a sudden it's like a reversal of that. And then it's doing it again. It's like that constant, you're constantly being put into like that that emotional change so what are some ways that you in the midst of all this um gave yourself some really good self-care oh that's a good question because in the beginning i wasn't very good at self-care i think especially as women and moms we have a lot of expectations on us to do all of the things right like to do all the things do the work do the mom stuff then there's like the complications that come with blended families of like custody agreements and child support. And you're literally living with the decisions your partner made mm-hmm. when you weren't around, right? Like he got divorced. My husband got divorced. I wasn't around for that. So he made decisions about his parenting time with his son when I wasn't around and vice versa. And now you're trying to combine those two like previous agreements And I think as women, I think that's such a great question because in the beginning, I was not good at self-care. But then I think there's something to be said to allowing yourself the growing pains, no matter what stage you're in, no matter what you're doing in life, you allow the growing pains, they don't hurt so much. Mm -hmm. But when we start judging ourselves and layering the growing pains with judgment, and I should, and I should have, and Monday morning quarterbacking, you know, I should have put a woulda. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes like all that much more painful instead of just giving ourselves some grace for being yeah. humans. You got it. You got it. Exactly. You know, you remind me a lot of Brene Brown. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, the way you talk and, and you said the keywords too, but like watching you talk, it's like, I watch her a lot. I'm obsessed with her. So just like watching you talk, I'm like, oh, she's got that like, oh my God, I love it. Yeah. That essence of unapologetically just willing to own up to pain of life. And that's so huge what you said, like allowing the pain, because being a yoga teacher, that was one of the first things I learned was you have to allow pain. And it's not to say just physical pain, it's all pain, because there's going to be challenges kind of create pain. Um, In astrology, there's something called a square. And really what it means is like, you're making a right angle with some signs. So when you make a right angle, like if you take this pen and they make this pen into a right angle, it's going to break. Yeah. But that's not just physical matters. That's, that's everything in our life. So when we experience that break, that challenge that hurts us, if we, yeah. well, not if we, we have to allow the pain because we don't really have any choice. Otherwise we suppress it and either way it's going to come back. So we have to allow the pain at some point. 
But yeah, like you said, doing that without judgment, that's huge. It's so huge yeah. because you, you're not actually allowing it. If you're judging it, you're creating more of it. You're telling it that it's yeah. not right. And yeah. we don't like being told we're not right. So why would our pain, why would our emotions like that? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just like, it becomes like layers of misery on top of the initial misery. It just, it just compounds mm. the misery, mm-hmm. I guess. Is what I'm saying. But yeah, giving ourselves some grace is seriously one of having our own back and giving ourselves some grace is probably like two of the best self-care strategies or concepts or whatever you want to say that we can do as women in general. Most definitely. It's like allow our humanness. Yeah. I feel that's like the, the divine feminine's like main role is to bring forth what grace looks like because not only giving it to ourselves and others, but just embodying what that looks like. It helps us to remember it. Cause yeah, we can give ourselves some grace, but if, if it doesn't become a habit, if it doesn't become like a pattern, like we can have healthy patterns. If it doesn't become a pattern where we remember, then we can give out our grace and give it out too much that we then forget to give it to ourselves. So it's like developing that, that habit and to embody the grace is really what it means to be a woman and and to be happy as a woman I feel because it's like if we can give ourselves that grace and give others grace doesn't mean we have to like allow them or enable them but at least in our minds give them grace then we're allowing the space for transformation we're not trying to confine it or push it away we're actually just like okay Okay. And that's, I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about that as far as like a self-care. I think about that a lot, but I don't hear a lot of people talking yeah. about that. So I love that. There's emotional liberation in giving somebody grace, mm-hmm. right? Like you're no longer tied to their BS behavior, mm-hmm. like emotionally tied to their behavior. When you can give them grace, you're also giving yourself grace. And I think about as women and a mother, right? I'm also modeling for my children. I have two girls. I have a stepdaughter and my biological daughter. I'm modeling to them how to behave. Mm -hmm. So if I'm super critical of myself, if I'm not giving myself grace, they're not going to give themselves grace either, right? They're going to be super hard on themselves. They're going to expect this to be perfection. It's going to be their only standard. Like I'm modeling for them what self-care, what giving myself grace, that's like, that's one, I think we forget the power of leading by example, especially Mm -hmm. as parents, like we're teaching them all of the time and we just don't know it. Yeah. That's why it's kind of a, this is not going to be a good analogy, but I'm going to do it anyways, because it's kind of, go for it. I just got a kitten and Mm. I got him when he was six weeks old. So he was tiny and I've never had, I've only had cats. So I was like, oh, all right. But I wanted him and I want to learn how to raise something and like see that mirrored reflection, see them learn from me. And Mm -hmm. I remember I had two like opposite or uh, conflicting teachings on how to like raise and how to punish things and people and animals. And Mm -hmm. one of them was to be really just gentle and really soft and bring them grace. And just, if they're biting you, give them a toy to bite instead. You don't have to yell at them or scream at them and push them or anything like that. And the other one is do like the, do it like the animals do and kind of push them around, act like you're an animal. And applying those two things, I'm now realizing I'm watching as this kitten who's now 12 weeks old uh, today, Mm -hmm. actually, or tomorrow, 12 weeks old, he 
he is very aggressive because I've been following the one that I felt resistant to. I've been following the, I don't want to like push him when he's begging for food and screaming at me and he's trying to climb up my leg. I don't want to push him. I just want to gently move him. Yeah. But I've been doing the other one. So it's like, I'm witnessing the power of my ability to be a role model, even to a cat. So kids are so much more impressionable and yeah, modeling that behavior reminds me of a Macklemore song. Like if you're not happy, if you don't love yourself, how are your kids going to love yourself, love themselves yeah. and be happy? And that's something I think a lot of us uh, Gen Zs and millennials kind of experienced is our parents having not necessarily lack of love for themselves, but just having gone through so much trauma that they compromise themselves in order to provide a home for us and to provide a space for the children. And we see that we pick up on that and it becomes now we have to either stop doing that or make a change. Um, one thing that my dad said that you've also said in your, um, that bio is I thought I knew what I was doing and what to expect, but I didn't. And that's something that I hear a lot of people say, and I experienced that it's kind of a weird limbo space, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, it can be a bit of a shock, right? And especially, I think I was arrogant to be completely honest. I think I was totally arrogant because I was like, I'm a mom. I consider myself a really good parent. I love being a mom. Like, of course I love this man. He's like amazing. We're going to get married and obviously we're going to live together. And I, I think I was just arrogant as to how much power I had over this situation and underestimated the, really the chaos that happens when two worlds combine, right? Like when you have a traditional family and a family comes together organically, right? Like you have these stages, like the man and woman move in together and they go through their whatever transformation to become a couple in the house. And then they have a child and they become a transformation as a parent together. Like there's these organic steps where as a blended family, separate ingredients thrown into a blender and sort of whipped around. And then we wonder why like things are crazy, mm-hmm. but you literally have two separate worlds combining instead of a world that was built together. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So it's like taking two universes, meshing them. Some of those things aren't going to work because they're outdated and they're part of an old universe. You have to make that new universe work harmoniously. So what were some of the things that like you experienced? Because I know a lot of families have their issues and people have conflict, Mm -hmm. but what were were some of the things that were specific to the blended family that you experienced as far as? Yeah. So we dealt with um, conflict with exes right? With my husband's ex, we had, we went through multiple court battles um, for custody because we wanted more time. She didn't want to give us more time. So that adds a whole other level of stress. Like you don't get a honeymoon period in a blended family, right? There is no honeymoon period. Um, You have two humans who are coming together and are used to parenting one way on their own. And now they are trying to parent each other's kids and the kids did not ask for this, right? The kids did not choose to be in this blended family situation. They have two adults that threw them into this. So you have kids who are used to being parented by one person one way and you have then this other person in who coming in who's supposed to be an authoritarian. It's um, parenting differences, discipline challenges, 
it's really, it can just become chaos if you don't manage it. And then it causes stress on the relationship, right? Because you love each other so much and you're trying to navigate everything with your partner and his kids and your kids and the tensions. And it's just easy to get overwhelmed and feel like nothing is working. Yeah. Really. You're just yeah. like, I, we're screwing it all up. I remember being like, we're just screwing it all up. This is, everything's a mess. It's hard to see the but, light at the end of the tunnel sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what was the first thing that kind of gave you a spark of hope? I'm assuming, I'm hoping you didn't lose hope completely, but what was like the turning point where you're like, oh, maybe we're about to be on the other side? Was it when you decided, cause I read you started counseling. Was it when you started counseling? Was it before, after? Well, luckily I'm super grateful that my husband, him and I have always geeked out on relationships. Like when we first got together, it was something we talked about and committed to that like this relationship and working on this relationship is a priority. So when things started to get hard, we did not wait. We did not wait until like, you know, we were ready to break up. We didn't wait till think we were on the rocks. Like as soon as we started to struggle, we went for counseling. Mm-hmm. We asked for help, yeah. which I think is you need help. You need somebody who's an outside objective human to help you navigate because sometimes your brain will go crazy, right? Like, and as humans who have both been through divorces, we have trauma from previous relationships, hurts that you're working through, you need help. So I think therapy for sure was the first step that really helped us see each other and that we were both here. You're on the same team. We're here on the same team. We're trying to get to the same place together. Mm-hmm. that's huge right and then um coaching is really what turned it around for me yeah yeah that's that's amazing and it makes sense that's why you got into it because it was so powerful yeah. that's usually what happens it's like this uh, this worked for me because podcasts so believe it or not like have changed my life because I like to do so many yeah. different things so finding that inspiration really brings us into our ability to then stand up more for ourselves and I think in relationships sometimes the struggle of being in the relationship, whatever it is, that's like making it difficult. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you don't find something outside of the relationship that makes you happy also, then yeah. it won't be as easy. Not to say that it can't happen, but it won't be as easy. So then to, to take your trauma and I'm going to call it that because it's, yeah. it's difficult trauma to take that and then turn it into a gift for the world. So awesome. Um, so when you did counseling, I want to see the difference. I want all the listeners to kind of see the difference between counseling and coaching because mm. I have definitely worked with lots of coaches and I've worked with a few counselors. So I want to know your perspective because you've worked with both for sure. So yeah. That life. Yeah. So when you go for therapy and I did traditional talk therapy, with an LCSW. So it was traditional talk therapy. You know, you go, you sit in the office and you talk about it. It's very like diagnosis driven. They give you a diagnosis and um, you're talking about what's happening. And it's like, my therapist would, um, you know, offer me feedback, but you're really like going and processing through your thoughts and emotions with this human, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and it's a medical, you get a medical diagnosis, whether it's like, you know, generalized anxiety disorder, you know, major depression, whatever. It's very diagnosis medically based, right? Mm-hmm. Coaching is more of a partnership and uh, coaching where we're looking at what's the actual thoughts that you're having 
and we challenge those perspectives, right? So if I would go into my counselor and I'd be like, listen, my husband's being a raging jerk this week. He's being impossible, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't do ABCD. He doesn't support me, right? The therapist is there to validate and hear me and coaching. I'm like, mm, I'm going to challenge some of that thought process because this idea, even that thought, like my husband is being a jerk this week, isn't a fact. That's your opinion. And it's not how we look at that. Yeah. Right. Like how is that showing up in your marriage? Mm -hmm. How are you treating your husband when you think he's being a jerk? Usually Mm -hmm. you end up being a jerk. Ooh, that there, there it is. That one, there it is. There it is. Right. So that's the difference between coaching and therapy is coaching. It's more of a, there's like some pushback on that thought process and you're being more deliberate with how you think Mm -hmm. about your relationship. That's what I'm there for is to find the thoughts that are not serving you and and be deliberate about the ones that you want to, you know, choose because you show up differently when you feel differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I remember I did a virtual therapy session, a couple of Mm -hmm. virtual therapy sessions and I got so frustrated because I've worked with coaches before therapists and like, I was expecting the therapist to like, tell me what's wrong with me. Like, tell me what I'm doing (laughs) wrong. And she just kept validating me. And I'm like, yes. I'm going to get a different therapist. I tried a different one. She did the same thing. It's like, all right, I'm just not going to do this because I'm coaching myself. So I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. Like I need to chill. I'm not, I don't need therapy, but it was a good experience to like, see that that's not helpful for me. And maybe it is for some people because there is some things that they do need. You do need to validate that you're, it's okay that way. I always say like coaching is what you do when you graduate therapy. Yeah. Yeah. To make sure that none of that trauma has any residue in your personality because no matter what the trauma is, I've experienced that if you don't really move out of it and work through it and out of it and after it, you might carry some of that residue to the next in, uh, situation. And that's never fun. Yeah. Never fun. Yeah. So do you, do you think you could have done without the counseling or and gone straight into coaching? Had you like known that, or do you Ooh, think it was a critical a good point? question? Um, for me, because there was a point in our relationship that I did suffer severe depression, like mm-hmm. severe depression. So I will always say counseling saved my marriage. Counseling saved my life. Mm. Um, so for somebody who had severe depression, counseling was necessary for me. But as a high functioning adult, I don't think that it, you have to do therapy before you do coaching. If you're high functioning, you can go straight to coaching. Yeah, totally. That makes total sense. I yeah. definitely can see how like when you have like a, a mental uh, challenge, it's kind of like an illness because you're, you're not, you're sick. You're telling yeah. yourself something and you're experiencing yeah. something that doesn't feel good. It's a disease. So I've definitely had been diagnosed with clinical dip- depression, but I've really had to work my own way through that and yeah. realize that like, I can't go back there. So I didn't have access to a therapist at that time, but I did learn techniques to kind of give myself therapy in a sense and like take care of myself. It was like the turning point for learning how to parent myself, but to do that, to have that in the midst of something that's already challenging your emotions, challenging your sanity. Yes, for sure. I feel that therapist definitely did. Bravo. Amazing. Good job on that therapist and good job on you. So Coaching totally works. We know that I have coached uh, a lot. Most of my friends have been coached or mentored really kind of the same thing. Uh, So how was your perspective on perspective on how coaching works? You said earlier that like it forces you to challenge a thought. So 
for those people who are very fixed, like in their thoughts, how do you work through those very fixed thoughts and how much of their, how much of them is playing that role? Well, I think first of all, and society in general, we're taught to blame, right? Like we're taught to blame. We give our power away to other humans all of the time. Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, Johnny pushes Susie down in the play you're on, right? Then we're like, oh my gosh, did Johnny hurt your feelings? You know, so you said we, even when we communicate, like you hurt me when you said blah, 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 right? And the, really the basis of coaching is that our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions drive our behavior, right? So, and so many times like diets, let's talk about dieting. How many times have people gone on 3 million diets and the diets don't work? Why? Because food is not the problem. Your brain is. Mm -hmm. Or you have the girlfriend who keeps choosing the same terrible dude in a different flavor over and over and over again, right? The guy is not the problem. Her brain is. Yeah, totally. Right? She hasn't broken those patterns of thought process that's attracting these guys that she's attracted to for whatever reason it is, whether she doesn't think it's worthy, she's worthy of safe or safe to be in a good relationship, whatever, right? So coaching is really challenging your thought processes that aren't serving you in your life. And you'll know by the results you have, right? Like, so for me, for stepmoms, a lot of times they come to me with challenges in their relationships, whether it's with their stepkids or their husbands. And we really take a look at what's going on inside their brain and mm-hmm. what's that creating in their life. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. It's very similar to like, that's how I feel view coaching in general, but it's so beautiful that we can apply it to just about anything and to be very specific on what kind of coaching we need is so important so that we're not just generalizing our problems. We also don't want to compartmentalize, that was difficult, um, our problems, meaning we don't want to say, okay, this is only a problem in this area of my life because there's always going to be a root and it always is going to be those thought processes. Cause if you have an issue at work and at home, it's probably due to the same thing, your brain, you're the common denominator there. So the only thing you can really work on is yourself. And to, to bring that into, okay, you're having relationship issues, not just with a partner, but even like your stepkids, that's something where I can feel this like longing for a relationship, but it's, like you're already kind of evolved beings. Both of you are differently evolved beings. And, you know, the perspective on what your role is in each other's lives can be a little difficult to find balance in. So it's very interesting that that's something you brought up um, for how to, how to rewire your brain and like, okay, maybe it is you and what can you do? How can you change how you're thinking about this situation to approach it better? Because you always have a choice. You can always change yeah. how we approach situations. Yeah. yeah. Um, what are the requirements for someone's success? So if I was like, I really need your help. What are what do I need to do for myself to mm. actually experience success with you? Oh, that's a good question. I think you. It's to, it's about being open to the idea of you have to be open and willing to be wrong. Mm. And our brains do not like to be wrong. Not at all. And I tend to work with high achieving type A intelligent women, right? I myself do not like to be wrong. And so there's this, we really like to be right, right? 
but some of the best answers are in the messiness, in the gray, even though our brain loves the black or white, yes or no, good or bad, wrong, right? So much of our growth and like the amazingness of transformation happens in the gray. Mm -hmm. we, learn, we learn so much more when we screw up than by getting it right all the time. That's why we're here. We're not here to get it right all the time. Yeah. That would be kind of a, we wouldn't grow very much. Right. We're always, if we came here perfect. I mean, we are perfect. It's perfect because right. we're growing and that's our job. Yeah, we're, we're like perfect and whole and worthy, right? Yes. Like our perfectness is not impacted by mistakes. Yes. Yes. That's such a good way to put it. I love that. I was, I always struggle with like really wrapping that up, that concept up in a nice package because people say, perfect, perfectly imperfect. And it's like, you're not imperfect. It's like, but your mistakes don't impact your perfectness. Love it. That's amazing. I, I want to continue this conversation. I have tons more questions, especially about your experience as a coach and um, how you got into coaching. Um, so for this moment, we're going to take a break and play the laugh bath icebreaker game. This one is <laughs> going to be super fun. Um, I, we're going to play would you rather and there are some pre-written would you rathers that we can choose from but who knows maybe we'll be creative and come up with our own that are more <laughs> intense than my chosen ones <laughs> um but we will just take turns you can choose whatever ones you want come up with whatever you want you want and I have to answer honestly as do you this section for those who have not, are not familiar this is a moment for us to just take a break play a little game get some giggles out and then we'll come back and talk more so would you like to go first or would you like me to go first oh you go first okay i never ask <laughs> um, <laughs> all right would you rather live on the moon or on mars oof Oh, if you had crazy, I'm going to say Mars. Oh my goodness. Mm. I feel like you have Aries planets. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a joke. Okay, you ready? I get to choose one now? Yes. All right. Oh, I love this one. Would you, would you rather be able to fly or be invisible? I'm so happy you chose that one. I would rather be able to fly for sure. Would you? Yeah, I don't really like. I would rather be able to just travel anywhere at any point. I don't care if people see me. Like, whoa, it could be a flight. Oh my gosh, I'm so nosy. I would love to be invisible. That would be fun <laughs> too, for sure. I'm very nosy as well. Like, I don't have to so know what's nosy. going on, but I don't know. I'm more interested in traveling and seeing the world without any limitations. So that's yeah, definitely. Uh, right? Would you rather? go skydiving or swim with sharks? Oh, I'm going to say skydiving because I have a fear of heights. So it's Ooh. totally one of those things that you want to like lean into it, like conquer a fear. Yeah. Yeah. We're very similar. I have a fear of heights for sure. I actually have a funny story about that one. Um, so my friend's backyard, they had this like crab apple tree. I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. Lots of crab apple trees. <laughs> And it was like three feet off the ground, but I didn't know this at the time. So I'm standing inside of her tree and this like little dip in the branches and I'm looking down and it looks like 10 feet. I just couldn't jump. And my friends were <laughs> dying, laughing at me, like with their arms outstretched, like you're going to be fine. It's literally three feet off the like, ground. Like jump to me? Yeah. I was like, this is so embarrassing, but I just, my fear was so heavy in that moment. And then finally when I jumped, I felt, I was like, 
oh that really was only two feet that's when I kind of realized like <laughs> this is an irrational fear like this is this is a little too much I love it yeah I'm not that's so interested in swimming with sharks though not so much I like to live I don't know well yeah anyways <laughs> is it my turn right yeah okay would you rather eat snails or eat insects yeah that was the one that I said when they're bold this is the one. <laughs> Wait, oh, I don't want to eat either of these why did I think of this I have eaten both I've eaten snails and I've eaten ants when I was little my brother would eat ants all the time and I thought it was a good idea so I ate them I don't they didn't taste like anything like they're so tiny but <laughs> the snails were nasty I do not recommend snails they actually taste like buttery rubber bands mm. or balloons like you know when you blow up a balloon and you can kind of taste it that's kind yeah, of yeah. like I just these lights are going crazy yeah <laughs> I guess I would rather eat snails uh, because insects, something about their crunchiness is just a little yeah. putting. Because I know it's their skeleton. Always freaks me out when you see them on TV, like eating all the insects, like delicacies. I'm like, no, there's going to be a crunch there that I just can't deal with. Yeah, yeah. Like they're mm-hmm. supposed to be healthy, but I don't know. So the crunch, that crunch is scary. Um, I'll make yeah. it a little bit more calm. Would you rather have a cat or a dog? Oh. Um, I'm a dog person, but I have to tell you, oh, I love cats. I love their independence. Yeah. I love that they like love you and don't need you all at the same time in their sass. So oh, don't tell my dogs, but I think, I mean, especially because I have two dogs, it's kind of chaotic. I'd sort of give anything for a cat right now. <laughs> oh, there you go. I can't really answer that question. That's why I had to ask it because I live with a dog and a cat. So I have the best of both worlds. And honestly, like when I had the dog, I was like, yeah, I need a cat because she's amazing. She is like a dog. I mean, she's like a cat, but something about the like fluidity of a cat's body. I don't know. I grew up with cats, something about it. So yeah, Um, your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Let's see, what do we have left? Um, would you rather drive a PT Cruiser or a Volkswagen Bug? A Volkswagen Bug. I tried to pick like Joy. the ugliest cars. PT Cruisers are so weird. <laughs> I'm not a fan. I am not a fan. They became like huge. There yeah. was like clones of people that were like PT Cruiser clubs yeah. up here. They were like just ridiculous. That's strange. But Volkswagen bugs, I'm still not a fan because they're just weird. I like I'm I like weird cars, but I'm not that vibe. But I think I would rather drive a Volkswagen bug because yeah. they're at least I don't know. A little different. Nostalgia there. Like yeah, I feel like PT Cruiser is kind of like I would feel like I need to buy a boat for some reason. <laughs> I don't want a boat. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, but anyways, would you rather Meet a wild lion or a wild bear? Oh, ah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like neither. <laughs> neither question mark. I think I'll go with a wild bear Ooh. for some reason. Yeah, meet a wild bear. They're both freaking scary. If you yeah. imagine meeting one in the wild, I don't know. Maybe he'll be brother bear and he'll be very nice. And- 
brother bear that would be pleasant (laughs) that would be pleasant oh my god do we have any left oh that last one okay would you rather drive a race car or a race horse I don't know why this one came up I just I just I don't know where it came from let me think about that let's see I think a race car because I just don't really I know horses take a lot of like it's it's very hard on them so I'll just be nice to the horses the planet can go the race car the horse though who's alive but I think I don't know yeah I think a race car is more comfortable too because horses to ride are kind of difficult so we'll go with the race car I used to actually want to drive race cars when I was younger there you go yeah my dad used to race dirt cars so I would totally drive in a race car yeah yeah my, my dad, dad take chances my dad also raced he did drag mm-hmm. race. yeah drag racing in his Corvette shut up happened. yeah I was like all right I want to be like you and race cars and then I got into like a bunch of car accidents now I don't want to but <laughs> still better than a horse oh at least I'm the only crack me up <laughs> all right well that's it for the laugh bath thank you so much for playing that game with me it's nice to get yeah to sure our, our listeners as well so for this half I want to focus a little bit more on the transition into being a coach and mm-hmm. also um what it's been like being a coach what are the things that have come up so my first question I really want to know was there anything outside of counseling and outside of coaching that came up in you that catalyzed your growth like I'm not sure what I'm picturing but like a little spark within you that was just like I feel it or what did that did everything kind of come from communicating with somebody else Mm. so it's so interesting because I'm also a registered nurse so like the whole, like going to therapy, medicine, whatever has always been my jam. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, I say that we went to therapy, we did all the things, couples therapy, we were reading books. We were, we did therapy separately, but I still wasn't happy. And it wasn't until somebody told me to listen to the life coach school podcast with Brooke Castillo. And that I was like, I, I remember being like, just tell me what to do and I will do it. Remember how you said in your, with your therapist session, you were like, I thought she was going to tell me like what to do. Like, and I was like, just tell me what to do. And I will literally do it. And when I started listening to the life coach called for Castillo, and she literally, like she explained how thoughts create our emotions and our emotions drive our behavior. It was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it like gave me, it gave me, it made me feel like now I finally have control over every myself and therefore everything else around me isn't such a big deal right like when I could figure out how to make myself feel better then once you can manage your brain and your emotions it's like insulation between you and the world I was like oh this is amazing so first I was just enamored with all things coaching I was like this is amazing. I had a friend who was a coach. She was starting her own coaching business. And I was like, of course, Laura can do that, right? Like, of course she can do that. She's Laura. She's already a coach. I never really thought about becoming a coach until I was up for a promotion at work. And um, I was talking to my husband about it and we were going back and forth. And I told him about, you know, and I had gotten an email from the life coach school that they were having their first ever online 
coaching certification. Mm, yeah. And I was like, or I could become a life coach. Like I could stay in corporate America where I wasn't all that happy. And I'm just like, you know, in corporate world, I don't feel like I'm adding anything to the world, right? I'm just, just like moving papers, shuffling papers, getting the CEOs richer. Yep. Right. I didn't feel like I'm contributing anything. I was like, or I could become a life coach and actually help women like me who were struggling. And nobody was really talking about blended families. Nobody was talking about being a step mom. No one was talking about what to do when like you want to pull your hair out because yeah. the kids are arguing and you love your husband, but he's making you crazy too. And you're arguing over discipline and you're both, you know what I mean? Like no one was talking about that. I was like, well then screw it. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to become a life coach and I'm going to talk about it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be the one I'm going for it. Yes. Love it. That's how it always like starts. I feel it's like we find something that we're like, I need this and it yeah. doesn't exist. So yeah. let me go and find it. Cause that's what started this podcast was I was looking for this and I didn't find it. And so here it is. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. Cause that's, how we can find our purpose as women mm -hmm. is to say, okay, look, we have developed such great power. We can do whatever we want. We can stay in corporate America, work for the man and shuffle papers and feel like we're going somewhere. And maybe you are, or you can actually take control of it and say, what is missing in the world? And yeah. what do I want that's missing in the world most, most importantly, and how can I bring it into the world? How can I show up as the missing piece? Because that's what I am. We're the missing pieces. We're all a big puzzle so piece. Good. If we yeah. plug ourselves in, then the whole system starts to work better because yeah. each individual gets to work better. I don't have to impact the whole world. If I can impact one person, then I've made an impact. And that's, that's the point of, of it. So what is your coaching philosophy and how do your, how do you like how do your initial sessions you typically go? Oh, my coaching philosophy. So really my coach, my thought process is there is nothing in our lives that our relationships do not touch, mm. right? There's nothing that isn't impacted when you're not happy in your relationship, mm -hmm. when you're arguing with your husband, when your home life is a mess, usually everything else is a mess too. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And it's like, I want to help step moms to, like I said, stop regretting their decision to become one because there can become, there is this point where I specifically remember everything just felt hard and it felt like everything was a fight. And I was like, why in the hell did I get myself into this mess? Yeah. That's a hard place to be I'm stuck between a, yeah. a hard place, but it's all imagined in your mind because yeah, yeah, it is difficult, but it really is about, I think there was a, someone said like, it's not about what life throws at you. It's about how you react to that. Because if yeah. you dodge it, great. If you can't dodge it, but you can catch it even better. Yeah. If you get hit by it, well, now you have to sit out and heal and get back in the yeah. game, but it's all yeah. about your reactions. That's, yeah, that's a totally. Love yeah. That. So when you meet with somebody for the first time, somebody's like yeah. desperate and, and they come to you yeah. and say, Billy Joe, please help me. I, I regret it. I regret becoming a stepmom. Everything is too hard right now. What is the, what is the, one of the first things, like not necessarily once they're assigned with you, but what is like the first conversation yeah. like? Oh, I want to know what your ideal 
life looks like, right? Mm -hmm. If I had a magic wand and I could wave the magic wand and give you the personal, the perfect relationship with your husband, with your stepkids, with your co-parents, what does that look like? Like they have to be able to really get in touch with that vision in themselves, right? Because that's how we're going to know if we're making progress. Yeah. Is your life starting to look better? And what exactly does that look like? Does it look like dinners with your husband? Does it look like less arguing? Does it look like more intimacy? But I can't get you there if you don't know even know what that is. You have to tell me what that is. And it's different for everybody, right? Like I always talk about their future self, your future self. I'm working towards my future self. Your future self has this relationship. What does it look like? How do you talk to your husband? How do you relate to him, right? And that's what we're working towards. That's how we know what we're making progress is when we're transitioning this current life to the future you, you 2.0 life. Yes. I love that you said, how do you talk to your husband? How do you relate? Because a lot of times, like you said, since we go on the blame game, we can ignore blaming ourselves and we feel like somebody else has to make the change for us, Mm. even though we're the one with the problem. So they might not have a problem, but you have a problem with the way you're talking. But in reality, if you shift the way you're talking, you might just experience that change just like that. And if you don't, then that's something that can be worked through. But that's a really good starting point is how are you talking to your spouse in your future and your ideal future? And to really outline that as what are you like? Because I remember being coached and having someone say, write out your ideal day. And a lot of it I wasn't given much guidance other than that. So I wrote out my ideal day, but it was a lot like how I was treated. And that's what I focused on. I didn't really focus on how I was treating, not mm. even treating myself. I did the, I wrote the things I wanted to do, but like not how I was treating myself or how I was treating those around me. And that's huge. Cause it does start with us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are the, what are some of the most common mistakes that new step parents make? Um, like, especially step moms. Ooh, um, we take everything personally, for sure. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's also we're taught. It's hard, but we take everything personally, and we're always Monday morning, Monday morning, Monday morning quarterbacking, right? With the shoulda, coulda, woulda. I should have seen this. I did that. Like when we screw up, we're super hard on ourselves, and I think we have a lot of expectations of. We try to avoid mistakes. Like I'll have stepmoms like who are moving in together, right? Couples who are moving in together and they're like, okay, what are we going to do? We we're so concerned. We don't, we don't want there to be tension. We don't want there to be awkwardness. And it's like, no, lean into the awkwardness. Nothing has gone wrong with the awkwardness. You have however many human brains floating around in the house. It's going to be awkward. Embrace the awkwardness. Like comfort doesn't magically happen. Comfort happens because you work through the awkwardness. Yeah. Right. Like embrace the messy. Yeah. What I would tell everybody embrace the messy. There is beauty in it. Yeah. I like that. I mean, it makes sense. Control chaos coaching, embrace the messy. You don't have to control the chaos, but you can find a place of controlled chaos. And that's really like, that's divine feminine and masculine coming together because control And I don't mean like you can't do anything. I mean, just like ordered, (laughs) that's more masculine. And then chaos is actually very feminine. Feminine energy. If you think of even like the hunter and the gatherer, the hunter is usually the man back in the way days, you know, and he's around looking for one thing, one thing to go after. Once he finds that one thing, he stays on that path and he shoots 
it's controlled, it's order, that's focused. And then the woman, the women, because they're usually together, they're going around and they're gathering berries, they're intuiting whether they should not eat one or the other. Their minds are all over the place, but yeah, they're organized because they're following the flow of that. It's a controlled chaos. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. And it makes so much sense with the work that you do. Totally. Love it. Um, I don't have any more real questions. You are a fantastic person to talk to. You've got great perspectives (laughs) and it's like, you really are not, it's, it's a niche, but the way you approach it is so like, I can already tell how it would help their entire lives, not just that one aspect, but like being coached by you, I for sure would become much more confident just in relating to myself and taking care of myself. And I'm not even a stepmom, but it's like, what I say all the time is like the way we do one thing is the way we do all things. Mm -hmm. So you come to me and you think you're getting coaching just on this relationship, but when you grow in this relationship, it impacts your ability to be better in all relationships. Yeah. Right. It's like the way we do one thing is the way we do all things is there's no profounder truth. Yeah. Ooh, I have a very specific question Okay, go for, for families that are blending and there's mm-hmm. children on both sides. How mm-hmm. do you handle, like if you're alone with both of them and there's an issue, how do you handle that in a way that's balanced? And how do you find a space where you're not as biased? Cause I mean, I'm just imagining like me and my kid, like I'm for sure going to be like, my kid doesn't do anything wrong, but that's obviously not healthy. So like, how do you find that balance with your biological child and now your stepchild? How do you find that place where you can bring them to harmony? Oh, that's such a good question. So first of all, I think it's a matter of awareness, being aware that you do have bias. I love my stepdaughter. I love her to death. Like I love her to pieces and I still have bias. There are for sure times it's just going to happen naturally that she's going to do things that's going to pick up on my radar that my bio daughter would do. And I would just let it slide. Right. So the first step is being really honest with yourself that there is bias. It is there. It's a natural part of like, I say all the time, we have to bond with our children because I'm pretty sure we eat our young. Like your kids <laughs> make you crazy, right? So being aware that the bias is actually where, and a really great trick that I like is, for example, is if say my husband disciplines my daughter and I think he's being too harsh, right? I want a mama bear over there and like protect her. A quick trick I will say is if he was, if he had disciplined his daughter, my stepdaughter the same way, would I have a reaction? Mm. most of the time I wouldn't right he's disciplining his daughter he knows what's best for her yeah right it'd be a non-issue so why is it an issue when he's disciplining my daughter Mm -hmm. bias you're like yeah yeah I kind of feel that like I said with this kitten because when when anyone will punish my kitten because he's a baby he needs to be punished I'm like (laughs) you're being so harsh but then I, when I do it, I'm like, yeah, I feel bad. But at the same time, I'm like, well, we know what we're doing and we all have yeah. that connection. So it's almost like about just developing that trust in yourself with, you know, coming through that inner dialogue and talking to yourself and being honest yeah. with yourself, but also developing that trust in your spouse to also have that inner dialogue and have that honesty with themselves 
so that they yeah. are actually parenting in the way that they think is best because we just have to yeah. trust is so hard but it's so important in all yeah. parts of our lives yeah because yeah, we married this man because we love him right so if you remember that he's offering this out of love you have to also have faith that he's correcting this behavior because as a parent who loves his your daughter his stepdaughter he wants the best for her also mm-hmm. so we have to like step back from our mama honey badger and realize that they're coming from his love just as much as we are yeah 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 what was it like in the beginning um to the like the first time that you felt like you had to punish your stepdaughter what emotions came up for you was it easy or was it hard did you feel like you didn't go you weren't harsh enough or did you feel like you went too harsh what was that like oh well we for sure let the biological parent lead in our relationship so um if we're here together I for sure will let my husband take the lead especially any major discipline I don't know what you like but um we're I don't think I ever felt like I was too harsh. I may even be a little bit more conservative just to make, because I am aware of my bias. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I may even let her get away with a little bit more. Don't tell my daughter. Um, just because I want to like, make sure that I am for sure not being biased, but it is still a learning curve, right? Like we just make sure we have each other's back. We talk about it. We're always a united front. If, if I say something to my stepdaughter and she doesn't listen to me then I will say something to my husband he has my back so we try to always be united front in front of the kids but it is a growing process it's not anything that you're like oh I am getting this right all the time nailed it right Mm -hmm. like it's part of the relationship too that that respect grows as your relationship with a child grows totally and I feel like it's important that you stay conservative with the stepdaughter because she also needs to build that trust in you. You're just this new yeah. person. And just because you have this right. authority doesn't mean that she's comfortable with that a level of authority. It's like, it's like a, a, in a sense, it's like having a stranger all of a sudden come and start punishing you. And you're kind of like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, but, you know, with proper communication, of course, it won't be so shocking, but still yeah. that resonance is going to be there because she has a biological connection to her father and your husband and your daughter has that biological connection to you. So it goes both ways. So it's very important, I guess, to hear that for me that, yeah, you let the biological parent take over and then also have a united front so that, you know, it's not like, oh, you're being too harsh. And then now the child sees that it's, I love that united front. It's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. And we also try to like communicate rules and expectations together. So at the same time, right? Like little mm-hmm. family meeting, like this is what's going down. This is what the rules are for screen time. This is what will happen if you don't listen. This is what will be taken away. So everyone's hearing the same messaging. So if there is discipline involved, it shouldn't be a shock, mm-hmm. right? Like if I'm disciplining for her for something, it shouldn't be a shock. We all know what the rules are here. Yeah. So it shouldn't be coming out of left field. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Little family meetings. I'd love it. Yeah. It sounds very wholesome and holistic and simple, but very like personal, which is important because all coaching I feel is very personal, but it's so transformative for every relationship. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing. It was such a great conversation. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, most definitely. And for all those who have been listening, the links to find all of Billy Joe's work are Um, going to be in the summary, but I know we can find you on Instagram and Facebook. 
right? Yep. And yep. I'm an Instagram, Facebook controlled chaos coaching. Mm-hmm. And I also have a free Facebook group for stepmoms called stepmom mastery. Awesome. That's right. We love to be masters. Most yeah. Love it. So those links will be hyperlinked in the summary of this podcast. So if you are listening yeah. or watching and you want to go check that out. I remember seeing on the bottom of the Facebook page that um, you can schedule a free 30 minute consultation. Yeah. Still happening. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Get that momentum started right away. I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Controlled chaos coaching. You feel like, I feel like you've got it controlled. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Which is inspiring. It's inspiring. Yeah. Every day we're doing our best. Yep. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. But if you can, we can, if she can, we can, if I can, you can. So we all, absolutely. we all have that potential. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Wednesday's Women Wisdoms on the Motivation Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Shannon. Please remember to tune in for Meditation Mondays. Every Monday, I share a heartfelt spoken word, gift nuggets of wisdom, and intuitively channel a guided meditation to further integrate the wisdoms. Tune in each week on Mondays and Wednesdays and share with your sisters, daughters, mothers, grandmothers, friends, and foes. Let's grow together. Stay rooted, sweet seeds. Until next time. Thank you.